Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Hi, I'm Jess. And depending who you talk to, I'm the social media manager or the digital marketing specialist. And this is the show to show you how to make your own podcast. This is the show to show you how to make your own podcast. <laughs> Okay, I have a real treat for you guys today. I was able to snag influencer, author, writer, podcaster, artist extraordinaire, Eli Rallo, aka The Jar on TikTok for this last episode. Okay, so full disclosure, Eli's content isn't necessarily G or PG. Eli, <laughs> hello. Hi. What would you call, like, PG-13? I don't know. What, what's, what's your vibe? Yeah, I would say that, like, I do have a couple of people that are in my range of like 15 to 16 year olds, but I would say below that, I would caution. Um, mm-hmm. I would say PG-13. Yeah. Like I don't, I, it's tough to say because we weren't really consuming content like this right. um, at this level when we were like 12, 13 years old. So I'm like, I don't know what the kids are doing these days, but I would say <laughs> probably 15 is a good cutoff. Yeah, I'm sure you do have fans younger than that. But as far as like us being a, a kids podcast brand, like <laughs> just to put that label on it to be like, <laughs> so if that kind of content isn't appropriate for you, maybe either get parent permission, watch it with your parents or wait a bit to become, do you have like a fan base name? I was going to say Rallo Head. I used to call them the Jarmy because that's like my TikTok the username. Jarmy. Which is cute, right? But I don't really have, like, I call them, like, cats and chickens on a regular basis because I don't even know how that came to be. I just started doing it, and they seem to like that, and they'll use those, so. That's so sweet. Okay, so Eli is famous, and we grew up in Monmouth County together. Did we only do 13 together? Was it only the musical 13? I think so, but we saw each other in so much. Right. And we ended up at so many diners together after shows <laughs> that it feels so like— So many IHOPs. <laughs> it feels like—no, yeah, there was just so many Applebee's experiences. It just feels like we were together—we were in more than we were, but I'm pretty sure you're right. So Eli has, like, an empire. She has, like, multi-channels of creation. She has a book coming out that I— I'm so obsessed with and I cannot wait to read. She has a podcast and she has an extremely loyal fan base. And 
So the reason I brought her on is because I thought that she'd be a great inspiration to young people building their own audience like y'all might want to do when you're making your own podcast. So wait, what came first and how old were you when that happened? Like, what was your first virality? Like, what was your first building your audience? So TikTok came first. I was, um, and I always loved the internet. So I think like that's something, obviously we have to be careful about the internet um, for so many reasons and we have to be safe, but I always loved Instagram and I was, you know, on Instagram from like eighth grade on, but I went viral, viral for the first time, I would say May of 2020. So I was 22 years old or 21 or 22. And that was the first thing. And then I went to grad school in journalism and I took some classes in audio journalism, which Mm. is essentially what podcasting is. And I don't think you need that kind of education, but that education jumpstarted my interest in podcasting. We had to do like a final project of a mini podcast. And I was like, I don't know if I just like listening to myself talk, but I love this. And so (laughs) that's how I got there. But definitely TikTok came first. Oh, that's so, that's interesting. I didn't know you took that class that, that it seems like a lot of people with uh, TikTok followings, it is like a steady progression to making a podcast, but you really do a great job with interviewing. That was another reason why I wanted to have you on in case our listeners want to do interview podcasts. So I just listened to your episode. So your podcast is Miss Congeniality with Eli Rallo. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And you just had Tim, say his last name again. Tim Chuciano. Thank you. From TikTok, I don't know if if my listeners are on TikTok, but there's Tim Talk where he's this 45-year-old man and he like talks about his day. <laughs> no, he's incredible. Yeah. And it's like, it shouldn't be as entertaining as it is, but he's so It's charming. so simple. I don't even know what it is. There's yeah, something he's so touching and human about it. I think that's what's appealing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was such a fantastic interview. So do you have, like, thoughts on what makes a good interview? I think what makes a good interview is asking questions that people don't typically get asked. Mm. So, for example, Tim is an accessible person because he's online. Mm -hmm. So you can search him and find out what he does for work. And you could search him and in two seconds see that he has a wife and a kid. Mm -hmm. But he didn't post what he had for breakfast. And, like, a question like that can glean so much about a person because Tim could say he didn't. But let's just say I asked him what he had for breakfast. He could tell me, like, oh, I had, like, a bowl of honey frosted wheat, whatever cereal. <laughs> and I've been eating that every day since I was 14 because I'm addicted to the routine of it. And it reminds me of this story about my mom and blah, 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 blah. And now we know something else about Tim that we didn't know before. Huh. I like to assume that my audience is smart. And I think it's really important to assume your audience is smart because it makes them feel good to think that they're listening to something and you think they're smart. Like mm. when I'm listening to my own podcast back, I feel like I am a trusted listener. Like I am able to go figure out what Tim does for a living or how old he is because he says it all the time online. And um, I could, you know, share that information in the introduction. But when I'm interviewing him and I only have him for an hour, I want to know what Tim's fatal flaw is. Mm. And I want to know how Tim responds to very specific hate comments that he gets that in some way are critiques that might have some validity that he might resonate with. Like, I want to know those things. Um, And so I think assuming your audience is really smart is definitely a good baseline because it just establishes trust and then they're going to trust you. I think it's really smart that you say that because I would think that you would want to get the basic information out of the way, but you can just Google that. You know, (laughs) like, what can you get from the pod that you can't get from Google? 
Also, a lot of people go on a lot of podcasts, you know, like I go on a lot of podcasts and I answer all the same questions. And so my goal with my own podcast was like, what if I like put an end to that? And I started asking people questions that they don't get asked. And I think that was like a really big moment for me because people started being like, I loved this interview because I found out all this stuff and it's more like a conversation. And I think that's like a really special aspect of podcasting that like anyone can tap into. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually answered a question that I was going to ask later, which was like, you do such a great job of connecting with both your uh, the person you're interviewing with and your audience in general. I guess the answer to that would be asking them questions they haven't been asked before and in that way connecting with them because you're getting closer to like the meat. You're getting closer to the human condition of who they really are. Yeah. And I think it's really similar. I think I'm very grateful for my journalism background because it's similar to journalism when you interview someone, like you're looking for a story. Like even when I get interviewed by like news outlets, like I watch journalists ask questions because they're looking for a story. Mm. They might be interviewing me about something about TikTok, but they don't actually care about that. They're looking for something else. And I think that that's what you have to do. You kind of have to be like curious in that way. I love that. Okay. So One of my favorite things about your content is how much of yourself, like you, 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 is in it. And I can verify this because I grew up with Eli. Eli on TikTok, Eli on her podcast is very much (laughs) the Eli you're getting in person. Like, you've made content about the musical Annie. Like, you're not afraid to be the theater kid you are. Like, you're not afraid. love the musical Annie. It's like my favorite thing. So how important is the you-ness of you to your content rather than crafting some character you think your audience might want? And do you ever have trouble with the you-ness of you in your content? That's really interesting. I think because with me, I'm I have the vast privilege of not being just one thing. And with that comes sort of umbrella titles such as like influencer content creator. And I wanted to make a promise to myself when I went into all of this that I wouldn't lose sight of myself because I got here by being myself. And that would be like, if I got here by a certain means and I just completely discarded that means, it would make your audience feel like you're disingenuous. So I I always have to keep myself in check in that way. If I find myself like doing something because I think I'm supposed to, or because I think somebody would think it's interesting or blah, 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 I really pull back. And I ask myself like, whoa, 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 why am I doing that? I think it's all about intentionality and being really specifically intentional when you are creating something. And like I said, I interviewed Tim and it was an interview where I was asking him questions. But when I asked him a question and then he would respond, instead of just going to the next question, I would maybe give my insight. Mm -hmm. Or I would be like, oh, Tim, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. I love how you say X. You know, I think being able to bridge a gap between interviewing somebody else and the spotlights on them, but also peppering in your own thoughts, because at the end of the day, most people that listened to Tim podcast episode, 80% of them are listeners of my podcast and 20% of them probably heard that Tim was on a podcast. They loved him. So they came to listen. Yeah. But the goal with that is obviously it's so great to go on somebody else's podcast, but when you have a big guest on your own, you're going to get new listeners. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be able to still show off a little bit about who you are. It's really important, but I would say it's, it, it would be difficult for anyone because for all of us, like I'm sure yourself included, it's hard to be like selfish that way and be like, I'm a star. Like you guys, (laughs) you're all stars. But when you, when you're more of a humble person, it's like a little weird to be like, I have to put myself into this. So I think that like a balance has been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing myself to it makes it unique. Yeah. Makes it different than another 
interview. That's super interesting. That's a hot button question that I was really proud of that I came up with last night. Oh, I'm ready. My listeners are young people who want to make their own podcasts. What was it like when you started getting negative reception? Do you have any advice for the self-care of that? And like what to do if they get quote unquote haters? Because like my audience is trying to put their voice out there, you know? Yeah. And when they put their voice out there, there's the potential for negative reception and positive reception. Absolutely. But I think the negative reception is something that I know I've had trouble with it. You know, I, that's a really great question. And I think there's two things that I've kept in the back of my mind. And the first one really changed my life when I was dealing with like just getting feedback in general and how it was affecting me. Somebody told me that the opinions of myself that I did not ask for are none of my business. So mm. if I ask you, hey, Jess, like how would you recommend I do this? Or like how would you recommend I improve? And you give me your opinion. I asked for that opinion. Yeah. But if you come up to me and say, hey, I listen to your podcast and I think it sucks and I think it's bad... I didn't ask for that opinion, so yeah. it's not my business. <laughs> That's true. So filtering it out. And of course, there is a world in which you could say, hey, I listened to your podcast, loved it. This, this, and that was great. Would you mind if I offered a bit of feedback? And if I say yes, then it is my business because I said yes. Yeah. But when people are haters, they're not doing that. They're just coming on and saying this is bad, and then they have no reason. And because of that, the other thing I try to remind myself every day is that lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. So if you're a lion, love, and you are like creating things and whatever, and there are sheep like bawing. I don't know, sheep's <laughs> baw, right? And they're like making a ruckus about how they think you suck. It's like I'm not even concerned myself with that. Like I'm a lion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be hard though. Like it's, it's going to be hard as well. Like not though. Yeah. And, of course. Like, of course. Because when you're starting out and making your own content, you're going to be self-critical because you're like, how can I make it the best I can be? So it's a little bit hard to silence out the voices that are giving you criticism because you're like, oh, maybe they're right. Yeah. That's tough. It's definitely tough. But I like, I like that. That makes a lot of sense if it's like, if I didn't ask for it, it's not my business. Well, is there anything else, like any other advice that you can think of for young content creators getting into the biz? I would say just keep putting yourself out there and be consistent. If you want it, you can have it. That's really the beauty of the way social media has taken shape in, in this year of 2022. Like if you want something, like you can go out and grab it and you just have to be consistent and have a good attitude and make something that you would want to consume. So I listen to my podcast every Friday when it comes out, obviously just for like my own thought process and listening to it back and like giving myself my own feedback, but also because it's content that I like, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm proud of it. And I like to consume the content I create. And I think it's really important to create content that you want to consume and not just content you think other people would want to consume. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that, that it's what you like is very important. And you're not going to have the passion behind it unless it, you're making something that you like and that you would want to listen to. There's not going to be the drive if you're thinking about, well, what does everyone else want me to make? 100%. Yeah. So on my friendship with Eli, just a quick note, some quick advice. Stay in touch with your friends who you think are great artists. Like, mm. y'all are maybe, let's say, like, middle grade age. That's when Eli and I met. You know? Yeah. And she's a famous person, and I was able to call her up and have her on for the last episode <laughs> of my podcast. Like, stay in touch also, with your creative friends. Also, we got together when I was in L.A. Yes! Like, it was so lovely. Like, also, creative people are the best kinds of people, and just hold them close to your heart because— the vast majority of people that are in my life today that I would answer a text, a call, an email from are creative-minded people. And that's not to say the people who aren't creative aren't special. You guys are all great too. But for <laughs> me, I, and I know you guys are all creative if you're thinking about creating a podcast, 
I love to keep those people in my inner circle because they always have the best heart. Mm, I love that. That's so sweet. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Such a beautiful time. That is such a beautiful time. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're on my last episode. Oh my God, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Our very last homework assignment for now. Even if you're making an audio drama, just give this a try. Set down your phone or recorder or laptop and interview someone you think is interesting. Maybe that's your teacher. Maybe that's the host of Funny Business Show on TikTok. You know that kid? He's hilarious. Maybe it's your mom. You'll be surprised what you learn about them. Take Eli's advice. Ask questions that you think they haven't been asked before. What they have for breakfast? I love that one. And this is important. Listen back and take some notes. What could you have done better? What questions do you wish you asked? What are you proud of? Thank you so much, listeners. Until next time. Podcast Title Pending is a production of Gen Z Media. If you're an educator using podcasts in your classroom, visit us at gzmclassroom.com for materials, lesson plans, or to request a visit from a GZM creator. For more great family audio, go to gzmshows.com and follow us on social media at Gen Z Shows. Be sure to follow Podcast Title Pending wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any new episodes. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And we're we're a GZM family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature. I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Yeah! Three years ago, Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about Holiday's past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, Brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother. All new episodes are available one week early and ad-free for GZM subscribers. Visit gzmshows.com to learn more. Shh, it's starting. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified.